Greetings, outcast, free thinkers, narrative questioners, dot connectors, and genuinely open-minded and outright curious inhabitants of whatever realm we exist in at the moment. You are about to embark on another free first hour episode of The Notes. If you find yourself wanting to dig deeper and have the desire to join the conversation during our monthly Melt meetups, you might want to consider becoming a monthly subscriber. For as little as three lousy Babylon hokey pokey tokens per month, you can have access to full length, early and exclusive episodes. Just visit patreon.com slash the melt podcast or click the link in the episode notes to set the process in motion. It's simple, painless, and very well might make you feel tingly inside. So without further ado, please enjoy the show. This is Hunter Muse. And this is Chris Snipes. And you are listening to The Melt. I find it very exciting to stumble upon a field of research that takes me beyond a point of my previous understanding. In the case of the work of APM research, angelic particle matrix, it is like seeing the realm that we appear to exist in through completely new eyes. Yet on some level, their research seems to make sense in a way that feels familiar. They describe our realm as an immense construct that functions like a huge machine comprised of various technologies. What we have thought were legends and mythologies, holy books and scriptures, all contain encoded descriptions of these various technologies explaining how they work and why they do what they do. This is yet another thread that helps us to understand that this realm is not what it seems. We are not soulless accidents running amok in some Goldilocks zone chasing material mirages to fill a void which doesn't even exist. We weren't created to be a cog in any man-made machinery embedded in imaginary legal fictions that strive to separate us from the natural order of things. We are not here to serve any self-proclaimed gods or leaders who perpetuate the false dynamics of rulership or compulsory governmental obedience. 
Depending on who or what you willingly choose to give your attention to, you may find yourself steeped in spells and lunacy that attempt to weave a web that is designed to slowly take away your desire to rid yourself of it by first assuring you that it is all that exists and then by tricking you into forgetting that anything else ever existed. Well, here's the news. You are boundless. Your dreams and your ability to manifest them is all-powerful. Your core is eternal and you can only be stopped by your compliance. Let us walk into the reality that we are already creating with our minds and hearts. For when we cultivate the internal, we manifest in the external and eventually we realize that there is no difference between the two. To get back to the introduction of today's guest, FPV Angel, co-founder of APM Research, I stumbled upon him and his work almost a year ago on Emily Moyer's Strange Mosaic podcast, and I was immediately astounded by the implications of what he and his team of researchers have uncovered. The puzzle that they are piecing together in regards to the realm that we live in and what may be behind the facade that we have taken for granted is amazingly mind-expanding as it paints a completely different picture of what we've been taught by those who benefit from our ignorance. I start off the chat by asking FPV what the origin of the APM research is. Right, this all started uh, in the back end of 2015. I come across the flat earth topic starting to pop up everywhere. So I started looking into it and it didn't take me very long to see it actually had merit because, you know, when you understand aviation and how aircraft work, it's impossible for them to actually fly around a globe and the data would have to show that they're actually doing it and it doesn't. So, you know, that was for me, it took me five minutes to realise that. <laughs> I thought, wow, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then my first questions to myself were, well, okay, if, it's, if there's no outer space and planets floating around and stuff, what, you know, what are the mechanisms creating and moving these and who created them? That's, that was my first avenue of research. I, you know, I thought to myself, we must be looking at technology. Then it has to be technology if it's not what they're saying. There's, there's no other way I could think that it would work. So I started looking down, you know, roots of technological evidence and, and um Especially like what the ancestors were teaching, you know, I thought, well, okay, we've got to throw away everything we think we know and start again. What were the ancestors teaching? So I started looking into sacred geometry, trying to decode that. And then I come across the Nazca lines. I mean, you've seen them before, but it may, finding the life made me start to look a bit deeper into, into these ancient, you know, uh, glyphs and things. Because, you know, they are, they are important messages, as far as I'm concerned, for future generations to learn from. So uh, what I started seeing, uh, what I started mapping the Nazca lines in Google Earth and, you know, doing color coding them so I could actually pull out different types of technology it was depicting on these on the, on the ground. Mm. Uh, these are very large-scale glyphs that we're looking at. You know, it, it wasn't done by man. It's impossible. They're too large. Yeah, yeah, too large, exactly. Too large and too accurate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll try and tell you they were done by different tribes. That's why there's so many. Well, no, they all actually form a bigger picture when you put them all together. Because what I was doing with them was overlaying them on the world map mm. and scaling it, scaling them until it started making sense on the correct map. Now, when you come to Flat Earth, you'll find there's various maps and models floating around. I actually started, you know, I, when I first came to Flat Earth, I started supporting them. Then I realized the maps and models weren't working. I could find ways to debunk them myself. So that's why I started doing my own research. Now, with the Nazca lines, once I started overlaying on the Mercator map, which is the map we use, as you know, we debunked all the others ourselves and we 
we can't debunk this map. In fact, we figured out how how they pulled it off. But we'll get to that later. But anyway, I started overlaying these Nazca lines on the world map. And it, I realised it was crossing the international date lines on both sides. And I thought, hey, this is weird. There's something going on on the, the international date lines. So it made me look into the international date lines. And when I was looking at Flight Radar 24, I started picking up on what they're really doing. They're not crossing the international date lines flying east to go west or west to go east. Mm-hmm. They're actually flying routes over the north, over Greenland. Mm-hmm. You know, I caught a few flights doing it, and I was streaming this live uh, probably about five or six years ago, showing people what they're really doing. Of course, everyone was following this other map and model that's been pushed around. Well, sold. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I call it, it's been sold to the community, but, you know, if it doesn't work, it shouldn't be there. So... That's uh, the avenue I went down, and we started uh, doing all the research on the the world map, and we realised, you know, the, the international date lines. This is what they've done. They've cut the international date lines, or rather, cut the map at the IDLs, wrapped it around a ball, stitched it together, and that's what they've created Google Earth with. Mm. Because one of the guys we got the map off, he actually uh, hacked into Google Earth. And he found its algorithms that round the images off as you zoom out more and more. When, you zoom, when you're not zoomed out, you're down to street level, it's Google Maps. It's the same map. Mm-hmm. But the map, the one that he managed to take out of there, it showed a lot more information and data than any we've seen before. You know, like more in Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. So, And, and obviously more in the north as well when you, you, know, when you cut it off. But yeah, he was following a different kind of... Um, theory you know he's like if he thinks 4d and things like this which to, to us doesn't seem real enough mm-hmm. but we could see the discrepancies and trickery going on at the international date lines which tells us you know world war ii was staged it was uh, faked to create the globe well help, help to enforce it should i say world war, world war II, yes. yeah world war ii was really designed to take control of the perimeters the north and south arctic and antarctic treaties and the East and West International Date Lines, they now control air and shipping, and they're flipping the data to appear to cross the date lines. That's what you're seeing on flight radar. But in reality, on a level plane, that's impossible. East East and West is West. You know, in further research of ours on the Diomedes, the, the sunset and, uh, sunrise and sunset times there, and also a flight to the land west of Alaska that they claim is Russia, well... Um, I tracked a plane on there and its compass was showing it would be impossible to be Russia. You know, how could Russia be in the east and the west on a level yeah, plane? Sure. So you, what you'll find is on old maps, it's called Terra Esonis Incognita. So it's, an, it, you know, it's hard to find it on old maps. They're erasing history of all this land currently, you know, all the information on it. And that's what you find with uh, like holy books and things. They're constantly changing things. So you never figure things out. You know, our researchers looked into holy books, you know, religion, all kinds of things, and pieced together what's really going on. So the obvious question would be, I think, at this point, at this stage, would be why would that false narrative be perpetuated? What would be the what would be who would it benefit, and what would the benefit be? Uh, in a nutshell, what's really happened is when the Romans invaded uh, Europe and they reset the calendar. That was just after a reset when you know every nation is going to be going to be at its weakest. We've, we've decoded there's a 400 year reset takes place with these uh, with cycles within this construct. 
And these people have been taken advantage of it every 400 years. Now, so they invaded UK just after a reset when we were at our weakest, so it was easy for them to come in and take over. Now, that, from there on follows, the victor tells their story, don't they? You know, yes. They, well, what we're finding is they actually never left. You know, their, their forts were dismantled and turned into churches. They became your priests instead of an invading army. Mm. And they were teach. They now introduced you to an imported religion, which is what people's following now. It wasn't the religion. But our ancestors did not teach religion, and when you decode the sacred geometry and where it represents, they were teaching the knowledge of this construct and how it works. Is what it all really decodes as. You know, like the sacred spiral, things like that. It decodes as the effects of this technology spiraling pressure waves of electromagnetism is what I would call it, from very large halos or coils below ground that have always been here and are involved in what we would call nature. Which is not nature at all. Well, it is nature, but it's really the what we can see of the workings of a huge, giant machine that we're inside of, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, we're seeing the effects of technology and we're calling it nature is what's mm -hmm. really going on. And in our research, you'll find we can localize that technology down to rainbows being its signature, which is responsible for your local weather patterns. <laughs> and yeah, and in, but instead of a machine, like we're used to thinking of machines with cogs and gears and metal parts and stuff like that, this is more a machine that's consisting of organic material, right? Um, well, we've got technology basically creating what we call nature and putting place in those luminaries in the heavens. And we seem to have inherited it. I have no idea when, when it was built. <laughs> I don't think anyone can answer that question with these resets taking place. So, you know, we've no idea how old it is or who the creator actually is. But what we can see is the creator or what people would call God. This is their creation. This is their glory that we're discovering. It's always been here. And do you think that it was something that was constructed for us or we were sort of a, something that was inserted afterwards? It's definitely, we are definitely in sync with it and we require it to survive and live and breathe what it creates. So it seems to be pretty unique to us, you know, which leaves, brings us more questions. You know, is it a prison? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or is it a system environment designed to keep us as a species alive because there's even worse going on outside of what we can see on that map? I've no, you know, we have no idea. You know, a lot of these answers, you, you're going to require full exploration to get the answers. That leads me to the firmament question. What are your thoughts on the firmament? Do you think that we are under some type of a covering or a shield? Uh, the firmament that you see portrayed in the Flotif model that's doing the rounds but doesn't mm -hmm. work, mm. they seem to think it's something to do with the sky. Now, to me, firm, you know, terra firma, it means ground. The waters above and below the ground is what it's relating to. Not, you know, you know, yes, it rates the sky, but also what's below ground. You've got positives and negatives taking place here, with the ground being roughly like an equator in between them. So that's what it would translate as to us. 
Another take on it would be that this is, you know, sort of a, a context and we are the content of an experiment that was just sort of set into motion and we're maybe we're just being studied to see what happens. What, what do humans do in this environment? Yeah, you know, it does bring some crazy questions. About it does. And, and even some relevant ones that you've seen probably written before somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like in holy books, um, it'll be worded in there in one I read, that, um, you know, we were the glory of nations brought to you to partake in the goodness of God's grace. Brought to you from where? And, you know, what is this place? How big is it? Yeah. How, how far does it expand? <laughs> exactly. There's lots of questions when you start looking down that route. So, you know, it, it, it does encompass a lot of subjects and put it into one thing because they're all talking about the same thing, this construct. Yeah. And as you allude to in your research, there's lots of old, what we would call myths or legends or stories from a long, long time ago that a lot of them point in the same direction or seem to be talking about the same things. Yes, yeah, and you find that with uh, religions, you know, um, like Jesus and Mary, or, and you know, Isis or Ra, it's always a male and female character, and it relates to the technology and how it functions and its left-hand rule and its right-hand rule um, usage in generating this energy. That's what it really relates to, you know, and in, say, say royalty terms, you've got this left-hand rule where the royals right with the left hand, so they're, they're emulating all this. They know what it means. They all know what it means. Do you so, think... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, so this entity that took over the world back in the Roman invasion times is still progressively taking over the world and this knowledge. Do you think what we would think of as the people that sort of run the show here or would like to think that they run the show here, are you think that even these days, are they currently aware of this construct? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 They're doing everything in their power to hide it from you. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the, you know, people ask us a lot about like chemtrails and things like that. Well, yeah. chems do hide part of the sun halo. You'll notice it hides the very large halo that accompanies the sun halo you know you've got a small halo and a large halo when you see it correctly mm. and that does identify as a certain type of technology man's calling a particle accelerator mm-hmm. which to us is just man taking over it and saying they built it yeah yeah so if this is a huge machine or a construct what fuels it what powers it the power source for this is nuclear fusion. This is where it really originates from. Because if you look, go into, I'll, I'll just skip forward. I'll show you the Sun Halo video here. Okay. That's a 3D, can you see that, yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a 3D model made of what people see in the sky with this Sun Halo. Now, if you can't recognize, you know, technology in that design, there's something wrong. <laughs> you know, these are, these are huge electromagnetic coils. Yeah, yeah. And I mean huge. Now, the diameter of the the halo dictates the altitude of the elevated image that we call the sun. So you can determine the altitude of certain things by the diameter of the halo, if you can see the halo. You can also triangulate this. We've triangulated this once before. Three of us, um, two of us in UK and one in the States, we, um, we all seen the sun halo at the same time. So it helped us triangulate where we were all seeing it, and it put it off slightly west of the UK coast somewhere, which all to all three was, that's where we were seeing it, you know, in that direction. 
So it can be it can be tracked when you get to see the halo. But their chems hide the larger halo. So all we see is this smaller one mostly. But if you watch some of our Sun Halo videos that our subscribers and other people have sent in, sent in some really amazing captures of this when you see it in cold conditions. Cold conditions to us, you know, it helps us see the electromagnetics at work. That's what you see, and you're seeing an image of something below that is projected above. Now, we use the word projected lightly. It's um, electromagnetically elevated would be the correct wording for it. It's uh, electricity 90 degrees in opposition to magnetism. That's how it elevates this image into the sky. So we're, it is an image. It's not a. It's not an object that we're looking at or a part of the machine. It's more like you're looking at the inside of a fusion reactor. That's okay. The, that's the inside of it and the, the nature of it in within where it's placed in the vesica Pisces of the overlap of these two halos is what's um, projecting it into the sky. If you look at some of our older research on Nikola Tesla, you'll find. He was experimenting with projecting particles hundreds of miles into the sky from an open tube accelerator. Well, this is no different because it's the same technology. So man is reverse engineering and playing with it. When you'll find some videos on that in some of our some of our videos on the channel. What you what you can screen on see on screen on there. So you see our our research is evidence based. You know, we yeah, point yeah. certain things like this one on the screen here. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a halo that showed in Newcastle or uh, over a city in England called Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the guy, 11-11 code, he walked outside, looked up and seen it, and he quickly recorded it. And then he, you know, he t- told me about it. And that's when I realized, you know, you get these stationary ones. And I realized above every rainbow that you can actually map, you will, you will find one of these. Because each rainbow is marking the location of each halo. And you'll find they come in different diameters, of course, to make the scarab beetle shape and larger shapes where they all interconnect. So the diameter of the rainbow gives you the diameter of the halo below it. It's like, uh, you could say it's like a, a, a you know um, an electrical image 90 degrees in opposition, but what it really is, there is a torus field around that halo below and we're seeing half of it above ground and the rainbow stretches over it. Now that the rainbow is just light refracting, reflecting off something in the atmosphere, revealing something there. And if you time lapse it, you'll see it slowly move and reveal it is rotating around something round in that area. You know, half half sphere sticking up the ground. Now, if you can see this from an altitude, you will actually see the full rainbow. You see a full circle rainbow from altitude. Wow, that's the nature of electromagnetics. It, it is. It does have the ability to penetrate ground. And and these rainbows never move, right? They're always appearing in the same place. Yeah, they reside where you per, permanently reside where you see them. Um, they're just the signature of this technology when it's running. Um, there is a video where you see them starting up and shutting down. Um, I'll find the video now. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just stop sharing this one and I'll put the other one on. <laughs> in in the meantime, did you have something? Yeah, I was just going to ask you about double rainbows. Uh, they're all double rainbows. It's just they don't always show. But, um, yeah, I've seen the. I know what you mean. You see the single rainbow. But, yeah, the, the double is um, what you're seeing is the positives and negatives either side of that halo. The dark band is a representation of the halo below, mm. and the colors either side of it are positives and negatives. 
as in as you will see in Walter Russell's work, each uh, color of the spectrum has certain electrical properties that you can harness. So it's a giveaway sign of that technology, really. And I definitely want to get to Walter Russell later. Uh, amazing man, which I had never heard of until I came across your research. And I on I think it's on your YouTube channel. Uh, one of the other members of your team reads one of his books, which I listened to too, and it was absolutely amazing. But it, real quick, what is the the, the whole uh, title of the research is APM, an Angelic Particle Matrix. What does that mean? The Angelical Particle Matrix is the name we give it um, to help describe what it is really. Angelic because this technology is what we were calling angels or the Elohim, the Cherubim, the Seraphim. They all decode as the same technology or different versions of it doing different roles. So what they've, what they've done is uh, personify the technology. And when they put it into books, people bring those books to life as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not people it's referring to. It's this technology that actually was named. And those names have changed over time. You know, the original names we probably wouldn't get to know because over time it's been changed that many times. And, you know, in modern times we would, we would call them angels. And your, your saints, or your churches, cathedrals, are the saints involved, your saints are a good location marker for them, as are star forts, castles, cathedrals, churches, and sacred sites. They're all markers for this technology. Because what I found in UK, you know, you'll find a Celtic fort, which has got a Roman fort built on top of it, and then you've got a castle built on top of that. They're mm. all fighting for control of what's below there. Yeah, yeah. It's what's sacred below there that makes it sacred, not what's yes. on the surface. The yes. surface is just a representation of what's below there. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what it decoded was a sarcophagi represents a sealed room. And in scriptures, that's the seal of the 144,000, which is really referring to this technology below. It's in sealed rooms below. And there's a sarcophagi under each angel. Well, the sarcophagi represents the room that the angel's actually in, or part oh, of it. okay. And, yeah. and angels in this in this uh, story in this narrative cosmology whatever you want to call it is uh, they are actually particle accelerators right yes okay yeah, that's correct that's why we called it the angelic particle matrix because uh, they call it particle accelerators you know it's not accelerating particles like this well it is but you know what it's really doing is accelerating water to a fusion point. Like uh, you'll find in that interview with Robin, I decoded Walter Russell's mortar. And I, I, that's what actually taught me what fusion reaction actually is, what it does, how it works. It's not, it's very simple. It's very easy to understand how it works. They've made it so complicated that, you know, they've took control of it and you can't have it and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's yeah. actually very simple technology to understand how that works. Because it's just compressing the light spectrum in water to a fusion point is what it's really doing. And in our 144,000 video, um, you'll see a decode I did of the king's and queen's chambers in the pyramid. They are part of a fusion reactor. That's the positive room and the negative room. And the pharaoh's pump is the water pump system that pumped the water into these chambers to create the... What you're looking at with the, uh, you know, you know the niches in the wall. Each one of them, the narrows and narrows and narrows. They're, they're uh, octaves, and they're actually high. You can actually harness energy from each octave. 
This is also what your chakras are. It's the same thing as a chakra. So octaves and chakras are the same thing. In this case, it's referring to harnessing electrical energy. And that's what Walter Russell's motor actually is. It's a copy of that, which is a copy of this technology below, as far as we're concerned. This is where it's coming from. I'll tell you this in the Emerald Tablets. You know, it says man's always trying to bring it to the surface. Bring what to the surface, you should ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just starts to become obvious, doesn't it? Yes. Wow. You know, there's things going on down below that everyone's looking up and no one's looking down. Yes. That's the problem. That's how they get away with it. They want you looking at the stars and planets and beyond that you can't prove or go to yourself or anything. Yeah. But all the ancestors are talking about the underworld and how it works. Mm-hmm which are the creator gods of the underworld, which to us are the tools of creation of the creator. These are the creator's tools of creation. And they've always been here, and, you know, we've earned the right to live amongst it, or we were put here from somewhere else. But like you said, it does bring other questions. Where did we come from then? Yeah. <laughs> How big is this place? Exactly. Is it a terrarium? Is it? What happened, what happened to the last one? Did the yeah. globalists break that as well? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's because a new one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, there's lots of... I'd say, I'll tell you what, you do need a good sense of humor to work with this. <laughs> It'd drive yeah. you insane if you didn't have one. Absolutely. You know, there's so much information that we put into these videos and we we do jam, jam-pack them with information. Yes. Uh, can you see that one on screen now? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. You know, this is information that people can help us with, uh, record, recording the local rainbows, GPS marking them, getting an idea of the scale, diameter of the rainbow and look for holy sites or, you know, churches or whatever in that vicinity of that circle. And you'll find they're usually sitting attached to it somewhere. What is the benefit from, you say that you're trying to locate where these rainbows are. What is the benefit of mapping where they're at? To prove that they exist where they do before they steal them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Because, you know, the according to them, the world has now got 30,000 particle accelerators. So wow. what's that's, uh, you know, what's the magic number when they're going to stop? 144,000? Mm-hmm. So, you know, to us, they're just redressing them and saying they build them, but they're actually studying them and reverse engineering them. This is, you know, this this is the why of everything. Was it the uh, Vatican translator Mauro Biglino? Biglin, Biglino? How do you pronounce yeah, his last Mauro name? Mauro Bellino, yeah. Bellino, yes, yes. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought him up because I was going to anyway. Oh, oh good, just, yeah. <laughs> he had some amazing <laughs> stuff to say. Yes, he does indeed. I'll, uh, I'll just present this image. Okay. Uh, will it show an image on this? Let's have a look. Ah, because yeah. was window. it? Yeah. Did he one. when he was translating? Did he call the angels robots? Is that what the word he came? He up did. With? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What he was decoding in the Vatican from all texts was that the angels were technology robots, as he called them, mm-hmm. and they're all aware of it. You know, and he goes even deeper and deeper into that. It's a, it's a brilliant interview that he done with Sarah West. Or they actually blocked the video off YouTube, but I managed to get half of it. But you know, he was putting that information out in around about 2017 when I was already decoding this. And you know, and it made me sit up and listen. I thought this guy knows what he's talking about. He's talking yeah. my language here. Yes. But you know, he still thinks he's on the globe and there's aliens involved. And you know, so they're easy. They easy get lost because they are, they don't know the true world science and what's going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, what he did say in this book, if you can see that, Gods of the Bible. Yes. He's telling you in there, the gods of the Bible are plural. It's not talking about one god, it's talking about many. 
Now, what we're trying to tell people for the last five or six years is these are the creator gods of the underworld, the angels that it's actually talking about. It's not talking about people. It's 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 telling the story of each angel in the underworld and you know its roles and what it's supposed to be doing. If you, if you decode it right, you, you know you start to see. Wait a minute, this is this is talking about technological processes, not people, and that's what he's seeing. But you know, he's like I said, he's he's associating it with, with uh, advanced alien races and things like this. Yeah. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, we we are an advanced race. We've never been primitive. We've always been thinkers. Mm-hmm. You know, do people think we just stood around doing nothing until the Romans invaded and built everything? Exactly. No, wrong. <laughs> we had our own monetary system and everything before they came. So, you know, the victor told, told his story, but that's not what we're seeing. You know, we can see what they really did. They told us we, our ancestors were doing pagan worship and chastised it and brutalized everyone into following a religion for a long time. So eventually, you know, everyone looks back at that and says, oh, no, that's pagan and satanic. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Your world's leaders all follow this same code. Exactly. They all use the same symbology yes. because they understand what it means because they've stole it. Mm-hmm. So they want you to believe in a religion, yet they know the truth of what's really how it really works and what all this rep- really represents, and they've stolen it. It's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is every human being's birthright to know this information. Absolutely. And it's interesting that this some of this stuff gets pulled from YouTube because really what, what possible reason would they have to pull something like that? How much harm is it going to do somebody like I could understand why they would do medical misinformation or something like that just because that make that would make sense to them. But this kind of information, unless you're right over the target, why would they care? You know? Yeah, well, you know, I, I said to the team a long time ago, you know, what we reveal, I realize, you know, we're onto this a long time ago. I can see what's going on. And I told, I told the team, you know, I had to warn them when they joined, actually. You know, you join this team, you're probably putting your life at risk at some point in the future because anything we reveal accelerates their plans. Yeah, for sure. When we released our 144,000 video, the day after was when thing started a few years ago it started the day after now i'm not saying we're responsible for it but it's kind of very close to what i said to what the team you know to the team it will accelerate their plans but doing that also makes them mis- makes mistakes and yeah. they've been seen making many mistakes doing sure. this so it sure and it also shows us there is a one world government already here controlling oh, yeah. many many nations absolutely so you know the, our problem now is who do we speak to? Who do we talk to about this? Yeah, you know, I've asked if we can speak to any tribal leaders or any, but even there, you know, they'll be because they'll have knowledge of this. That's it's not uh, written; it'll be spoken but not written that they probably passed down. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're probably putting themselves at risk talking about it. But at exactly. some point, at some point in time, they're going to have to. You know, we need backup on this, and we can help them explain what their answers told them in better modern terminology. Mm-hmm. So we can help them and they can, you know, confirm what we're saying is what I'm hoping. It seems like you would almost have to appeal to something or someone outside of the construct. Otherwise, we're all sort of subject to the same rules that they're trying to impose on us. Yeah, we certainly are. <laughs> sure. You, know, it's, you get to that point, you think, wow, you know, we're, 
where can I, what can I do with this? Who do, what do we do with it? All this information, you know, we've decoded so much, it's impossible to put into videos. We haven't got the team big enough to keep up with what we can actually decode. Yeah. But what we decode, you know, we look for the evidence-based things that we can decode first, like we rainbows and halos and lunar waves, which are basically these stationary halos that we show people how you can capture them. You know, you find where a rainbow resides, above there at some point, when the moon's passing, you should see get a luminary wave because there'll be a halo above it. They want it, you know, it's projection, mm-hmm. it's elevated self. That's the duality it talks about in nature. The duality is the positive and negatives of this technology and how it works to create. It's a, it's a really amazing science. Yeah. It's not science I've seen anywhere. For sure. Yeah, it's but so, it's, and it's not so hard to understand. Well, for me, it's not. But you know, I'm I'm no I'm no genius, but I'm finding it quite easy to decode and understand. And it, you have been with it the whole time throughout the all of the of the stages of the research. Whereas somebody like me, who really only came across it when I heard Emily Moyer interview you, um, it's a lot to take in at once. But you've been hanging out with this stuff for seven years, so you've had time to piece it together and put it in the you know, put the pieces where they belong. And whereas somebody like us who or somebody who might be listening to this podcast might stumble into it and it might seem so overwhelming and all encompassing that it just takes a while to absorb, but the, your yeah. videos help so much. Yeah. You find that, you know, a lot of people come, but they, and they don't know what questions to ask because they've probably been answered in these videos and mm-hmm. probably answers they didn't have questions for yet. Sure. You know, you find that, oh, the, the good thing is, you know, they can, add pieces to it yes yeah so you know they can say well that makes sense because i figured this out when it actually relates to that you know you do get that sometimes Mm -hmm. people adding more information to this bigger picture yeah i like that aspect of it too it's a it's a puzzle that's constantly getting bigger and bigger and gets easier to explain yeah as well you know over time it does become easier to explain to people it was hard work at first you think you know you get to a point you get so far into it you think you know, good God, how am I going to explain this to the world? <laughs> There's so much information. It is, it's information overload. Anyone that looks into it and starts, you know, you will have your own revelations watching this. You'll, you'll you know, you'll figure things out we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. It's bound to happen. Have you thought about uh, releasing, not to make money, of course, but releasing hard copies of these videos in case they all get yanked off YouTube someday? Yeah, you know, we have, we have had people ask us to write books, but yeah. Yeah, I would I would need a ghostwriter because I really don't have the time to sure. sit down and do that. Yeah. I mean, I do I do take lots and lots. I decode things all the time, every day usually, and I just write write it down so I don't forget. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it gets added into a book or into the back of my brain, and we can bring certain aspects of it up in conversations like this where I have not time to you know make a video, but sure. can bring it into a conversation and yeah. you can see you know. That's where you know. That's what I do with the information because it is. It's just too much to put into video. And I'm just thinking it would be a shame to all the videos. All this information is kind of in one place, and if it just got swiped, if they decided to yank the channel, that would just yeah. suck because you guys have put so much work into this. We expect that to happen anyway. I'm actually surprised it's still there. Yeah, so, you exactly. know, I think this other agenda going on is you know it's help mask it a bit. Plus, we do put music and things into this. So. Mm-hmm. It maybe helps confuse the algorithms. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. I want to. 
I'm, I'm, you know, a bit of, a bit of uh, music does help to soothe things because <laughs> I think we need a bit of soothing after delving into this. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. It really helps too. It really adds a cinematic quality to it. But at some point, I'm going to download all of this stuff just to have and just burn it onto a disc or something, just to have a hard copy of it, just in case it does get taken yeah, down. You know, we've actually told people to make a time capsule and put yeah. as much of this information in as possible because this information is what our ancestors were warning about. In you know, like the the um, emerald tablets, there's warnings in there for humanity. Everywhere you look in history, in fact, there's warnings for humanity, and it's all relating to this. It's you know the resets. Yeah, there'd be warnings for that. There's warnings about man bringing things to the surface from below. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're all warnings. It's always there's always been warnings. There's obviously always been wars. Every war to me now is a progression of the theft of this construct. They're all working together. Yeah. And, you know, they've got us fighting amongst each other. These people have no allegiance to any race, religion, group, or, or you know, or nation. They're, of course. They're operating outside of the known world mm-hmm. social system, really. I mean, you, when you start decoding this, you do you do uh, stand back a bit away from society because you think, oh, how do we explain this to someone? Yeah. Yeah, you can't just do it in an elevator on the way to, up they to. Like, you know, they would look at you like you're a nut job, wouldn't they? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what? what are you saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you know, the good thing is it's evidence-based research we do. And like with the rainbow, you know, we can point that out. You can go out there and prove this to yourself. These things reside where you see them. And this world is a lot more magical and mystical than they, they would let you believe. And it does tie in with, like I said, myths, legends, glyphs holy books you know the whole creation story is all about this and how it works yeah i don't think that it, it I, you would think that saying that what we know as nature and reality is a large construct or machine would would take something away from it but to me knowing that or or assuming that everything that you you're laying out and all your research is true it adds a, a completely different magical dimension to everything actually if it's a machine it's a f- incredible beautiful wonderful machine yeah amazing you know it, it's all time cycles it's all in sync nature's in sync with it it's creating those clouds you can see there mm-hmm. <laughs> that rainbow there you know it lives there it's that that, that, tor, that tor, you know it's created by the eye of the overlap of the vesica pisces of the two halos and that vicinity it seems like if the, I'm just going to call them elites for the sake of the argument, or parasites as Hunter likes to call them, <laughs> were, know about this, you would think that they would try to be working in concert with it to utilize it for whatever ends that they that, that they seek to, to, to uh, set forth instead of, it seems like other, you know, as it is now, they're trying to separate us from this cycle, this nature, this machine. Seems yeah. like they're trying to get between us and it. Yeah, they, you know they don't want you to know it exists. They want you to think you live in a globe. Nothing's relevant. You're flying through space. Get on with your life and get a job. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> you're just random, a random smattering yeah, of know, atoms. We've actually been born into slavery, and we didn't see it until now. You know, most people are, haven't realized that yet. When they come across a research like this, they'll, they'll start figuring that out. Wow, we've always been enslaved for quite a long time, and this entity has always been in control is what it reveals, and it's always been progressing its theft of the construct by invading other nations under the guise of religion. Yeah, I was going to say that, that that's one of the reasons why 
that there's been a a a decision to go in and destroy primitive tribes, you know, and try to universalize language because yeah. the English language, for example, or the Spanish language has been is very easy to manipulate. So you can go into the, I think there's 1700 languages that are spoken worldwide. And I think if you went into some of these tribes and you asked them about this technology, their elders would have information, but it would not be in perhaps translatable language. Yeah. It'd probably be a more basic explanation of you know how something works or, or sort of certain creator God, which is, you know, where we can help. We can give it the modern terminology and, description that they actually need to describe it i think that's the intention of destroying the aboriginal population in australia yeah same though they invaded america they took the land off the native americans same happened in south america you know they destroyed their destroyed their codexes so they no longer had the creation story history they had to adopt the spanish uh, theme you know this is this same entity working together uh, I'm glad you can see it because that's you know it's exactly what I see that they've just gone and taken over everywhere and, and installed their system you yes. know and we we go we get taken over there like during the wars they take all the children there it's just population movement where they need votes and to put their system in so we're we're actually helping them install their system we actually pay taxes to the Roman Empire that's who you're paying tax to really and it's still at war with the world until it has all this. So are all of these particle accelerators active at the same time, or do they fluctuate and go in waves? Yeah, they activate and deactivate. Uh, you'll find the, a company luminous across. So the sun's coming across, and you'll find, you know, winds rising, things. You know, if you can, if you can feel wind, there's one local to you. They're all localized events. You know, your wind, your rain, your snow, they're all localized events to the angel in your area. That's why you can drive through rain and all of a sudden it's sunny and you think why did it stop there you know yeah, that's yeah. just a lo- it's a localized event from that angel what it's doing is you know the the in walter russell terms divided matter rises multiplied matter falls which is your rain <laughs> so eve divides that's the large halo adam multiplies that's the smaller halo electric and magnetic working to create what we call nature so that would be uh, the real holy water, I would say, rainwater, because it's been electrically charged by Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Isis and Ra, you know, pick a male and female name. That's the theme. One video there, this is a video that someone sent us from Ireland, and, you know, the, the location of where rainbow they captured. If you look carefully, you can actually see that's a star fort. Hidden amongst all the buildings, you know, that's a star fort they built upon. And the star forts... You know, they're a good marker for them. Star forts, cathedrals, castles, they're all location markers for this technology. That's another thing we decoded. You know, they're all, they're all a modern day sarcophagi would be a church or a cathedral, you know, a building like that that represents the room below. In the older days, it was like what we would call a mummy's type coffin, a sarcophagi. But that's the same, it's the same thing. It just represents a room below. Where does the Schumann residence fit into all of this? Or is that 
Go ahead. The Schumann resonance um, is this technology's signature. If um, you look, I, I did do a video on that, um, where you can see there's a certain layer of them at a certain altitude on the map. You know, you, what you're looking at with that is a side scan of the of the world of the world from somewhere up north. And you'll see there's a layer going right across at low level, like a band of electrical discharges. And that's these lower band halos. You know, there's there's different layers of halos. The first layers uh, terminates in the troposphere or tropoplane, as we would call it. So your clouds get, you know, when you see a, a cloud going up like a mushroom bomb type cloud, you'll notice it starts to flatten at a certain altitude at the top. That's because the halo in the sky at the top is, you know, its wind is spiraling outwards, so it's flattening the cloud. So that's uh, the tropopods where pro aircraft probably fly. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit calmer above there. The next one up would be, um, you know, the, the meso. You know, there's the mesopause and the what's the other one called? I still have to do a video on this. You know, I figured that out in the layers. I just haven't made a video on it. But that's what they relate to. There's different layers at different altitudes of this technology, and the altitude is dictated by the scale of the rainbow. The bigger the rainbow, the higher the altitude it can, you know, manipulate. These, these, this technology really is um, the, what I would call atmosphere processes. They create all the gases, the elements, you know, they convert elements into, into matter, which is what you kind of see with a tornado. That's the tornado. You've seen half of the picture of a tornado. The other half's taking place below. Mm. So, the, you know, that, answer, that can answer, you know, tornadoes. And you look at all the clouds and, you know, the certain type of clouds that you can watch and relate to this technology. You know, it gets easier and easier to recognize what these, this technology manipulating the atmosphere. Like that, you know, that one there that I just showed you, that was a small one. It was only a few hundred feet wide above a river in Sweden. So that's the, that, that's the head. That's a small one. That's Adam. There'd be a bigger one connected to it somewhere nearby. You know, I've told him to look for it. And there's a church in the vicinity and a few other buildings. So, you know, it's looking suspect already. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they like to mark it. And this is where your parishes come from. You know, I don't know if you know, use that word over there. Mm -hmm. You know, like parish council. It's just, you know, the local angel is what it's really about. So, you know, the, the uh, religious buildings, you know, this is, hard, this is going to be a hard pill for people of faith to swallow. They've been tricked into believing these characters in books are really people when actually they represent the various technologies below. They've just been, you know, personified the technology. So it'll be a hard pill to swallow. So apologies for that, you religious people, but if you want the truth, that's what it is. What I find so fascinating is that as a youth and kind of growing up and going into the psychedelic realm, I had this vision of Jesus being an angel. And that what I mean by that is not that he was an earthly man, but I saw the, the physical manifestation of Jesus being an alien and what what that is consistent with with it is this idea that the humanization of Jesus is actually a uh, particle accelerator. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, the the sun halo is where it's coming from. 
Jesus to us translates as the sun, the sun in the sky, the sun of God. God means light. If you read the Bible, it tells you God is light, which mm-hmm. you know, translates to us as electric. Light is just electric, uh, electric being you know manipulated. Um, so you know that would translate Jesus as the sun, and you know Mary, like I said, the male and female character. You know mm-hmm. Jesus is the sun, and you've got Joseph and Mary, the mother and father. That's the big halo and the small halo. Between them, they create. Jesus or the light. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, Jesus can walk on water. It's the sun's reflection it's talking about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why it decodes us to us. That'll upset a lot of people. But, you know, we're not the only ones that have said this. You know, there's other people said it relates to the sun. And we can see actually relates to certain parts of the technology that can, of the configuration of the sun. You know, well, the, the, the same with, um, you know, like Genghis Khan. So, you know, he's supposed to have 64 sons and daughters or something. Well, that to us would decode as a, a halo that's got 64 nodes on it, which would, you know, which are actually pole, north and south poles. So that's, that's where the family connection comes in with some of this terminology they use in holy books and even in other books. It, the family it's talking about is what you can see on the screen there, the different poles and different configurations of these halos. That one there, that's like the sun's halo. You know, that would be the rule of eight. It's, in a, it's an electrical terminology. But yeah, the fascinating thing is how many translations of the Bible there have been. So in the original iteration of the Bible, it's very possible that this was laid out. Uh, But I think that religion has become an anesthetic for people. And the word of God becomes this uh, mandate or this this, uh, intention not to question what that book says as opposed to, you know, applying discernment and saying, how could this book go through so many translations and we feel that we would know what the word of God truly is. Yeah. You know, to me, they, they, they keep rewording holy books to hide even more and more information. You, you read the, like, like the book of Enoch. Mm-hmm. It never got canonized because it's far too revealing and obvious. It's talking about technological processes when you you know you look at the technological mind, and it's telling you how this world works. And the, you know the the characters it's talking about in the book are actually luminaries or certain technologies and their process or roles. So you know it's it's there everywhere encoded in, in not just holy books. You know, like I said, it's in glyphs and everywhere. They've just been trying to hide it, and I think that's it's more division. You know. If, People, like you said, you know, people don't, you know, the ones that question it, well, they'll make a new religion for them, won't they? Mm-hmm. Any Anything but the truth is what you're finding. They'll never give you the truth. They'll give you half-truths. But, yeah, you know, they've totally changed it and, you know, it's a, it's a mess. And what they've done is, uh, I don't even, I'm not even sure if it's fixable in our time, to be honest. There's, there's that much confusion and loss of knowledge caused by these people. Is it even fixable? Have we got time to fix it? You know, we are on a timer. We're all on a timer. And so are they. They're, they have to time their, re- their, their resets in advance of the reset the construct has because they don't want witnesses around when it happens because it's going to debunk what they've been telling you. You're going to see you don't live where you thought you lived. You know, these as these uh, uh, celestial events take place, you're going to see lots of strange, weird things going on in that sky, revealing that, you know, it's not it's not what they said it is. 
you know, the latest one is scientists are now saying the Earth's core's now going the opposite, stopped uh, rotating more when it was going the other way. What they're actually really saying is the world's going to stop and go the other way because but what it really means in our research is, is what I've said in our 144,000 video. When we're looking at the stars, this is an effect of this technology and it's going at such a rate, it causes what I call the wagon wheel effect. So it looks like they're going east to west, but they're actually going west to east when you slow them down. I made a video about it and I showed it in the 144,000 video. I actually ran, you know, I, I give them a frame rate of 666 rotations per minute. Mm. And it actually caused the wagon wheel effect and caused the stars to look like they were going the opposite direction. Wow. Which kind of matched what Hoppy Pro, I think it was Hoppy Prophecy says, you know, the stars will slow down or reverse direction. And I thought, well, that actually makes sense because that's what I'm seeing here with this animation. It's going the opposite way to what we think at such a rate. It's causing that wagon wheel effect. But when it stops, we're going to start seeing some crazy effects happening in the sky. They don't want you to see it. So, you know, the CHEM program and these other plans A to Z in operation to make sure you never see it. So what is their timeline? Not the Great Reset timeline, but the timeline of the, the big reset Theirs will be take place before the world one, of course. I mean, what they're doing is trying to make everyone go digital. Mm-hmm. This, this is how you steal the world's wealth. Because once this reset happens, everything you own digitally is gone forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's now stolen the world's wealth. And what that's going to cause is the world to go into, into chaos. It's going to be like a walking dead scenario when it happens. You've no money. The shops are going to run out of food because they control them all. They made sure that over the last couple of years they've been destroying all the businesses they didn't own. Mm-hmm. So they can stop the food coming in any time. You've got a walking dead scenario on your hands. There's a famine coming. You know, they've stopped us getting our access to real food and replaced it with their GMO products. So they already control all that and they can stop it at leisure. And, you know, where are you going to go for your food when that stops? So, you know, what we've been saying is, you know, learn learn what's edible in nature and go from there. Mm-hmm. Nature will look after you if you know what you're eating. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's kind of, you know, we give advice on those kind of things and even other, you know, other cures for things. But you've got to be careful talking about that now. You get your channel banned. I'm already on a warning there. I didn't need this God server. Crazy. Tell her for, you know, for giving good advice. Yeah, like can't, but it can't be debunked either. But you know, the advice—it's it's common knowledge, but they don't like you talking about it anymore. Mm. So, so you know, that's, that's where we're at with this world, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They're showing their cards right there. So, what exactly are the luminaries, and what what function do they serve in all of this? The do you want to pick a luminary? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> the, the one, the wandering stars. Um, they're all in the, what I do know is they're all involved in creation processes of different types of elements. You know, the sun, the sun, you know, they say the sun is um, elements gold, so it would be more productive in the gold region of the spectrum of what it's creating. Which is, you know, you look at gold veins in the ground, where's it coming from? Well, you know, when I decoded, decoded the Birkeland currents, you'll see that on one of the videos where you see these. Um, like uh, dust devils coming up the ground and rising up. This is one of the poles on one of those halos activating because how it works is, you know, they, they elevate their poles up into the air and when they connect, that's when they can harness electric. 
you'll see an animation of that in the 144,000 videos. That's what the polls are actually doing, you know. Um, I think Edlead Scallin is, is um, if you know Edlead Scallin, no. of, um, Chris, was it Crystal Castle he made? I forget the name of it now. The place in Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can't remember the proper name, but it's been that long since I looked at it. But yeah, mm. you know, his uh, wheel that he made, it probably operated the same way. If you run at a certain speed, it should elevate its poles above itself. And that's how this technology works. The halos aren't moving, but the accelerated flow in them is causing the, the poles on the on the halo or electromagnetic coil to elevate into the sky, and it will penetrate ground, which is what you're seeing with tornadoes and, you know, your, your dust devils and everything else. They, are, they do create your local weather events. So when you see, you know, a dust devil or a tornado nearby, you know there's an angel there somewhere. And that's coming, from, that's coming from it. So you can be able to look, watch for it next time or watch it manipulate the weather or clouds in your region. So, you know, there's lots of evidence you can look for and give you clues of where it's located. And, you know, like the rainbow, the rainbow is the best one for getting its scale. You know, we, you know we've seen ones like 17 miles wide and ones wow. down to hundreds of feet wide. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah, they come in all kinds of scales and diameters. If you look at CERN's configuration on their future halo, that, well, the future accelerator they're going to build, mm-hmm. it, it's the same configuration we're already seeing with the rainbows. They're already here. You know, that's this is one of the best ways I can think of that we could prove to the world, look, this technology is here. This is its signature. Mm-hmm. This is how you locate it. And this is what all the sacred sites above its ground will actually are marking. So, yeah, the laying claim to the Creator's glory is what it's all decoding as. You know, who, who's who got the right to do that? Where can uh, people find you and your work? Uh, my channel, FPV Angel, on YouTube. Um, that's the main channel for our research team. Cool. They all yeah. have their own channels, and you can find the links to the channels for the various researchers on my, on my stream or in the links there or, you know, under the videos. They do have their own channels. They do their own research. It's not just me doing it. Mm. I just re- represent them, and I can speak on behalf of most of their work because I understand it and work with them. Mm. But, yeah, you know, we've got a hell of a team. We just kept apart at the moment through life circumstances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. But it doesn't matter, you know. We, we don't, I, I love doing interviews. I love questions. That's what you'll find with a lot of these other people that try and sell you maps and models. They hate questions because they can't answer them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, have, they haven't done the research. Uh-huh. I know they haven't, otherwise they wouldn't be selling that map and model. Mm. For sure. Well, we do thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and, and answer some questions. And there's a lot more where that came from. Oh, you're so. welcome. You know, it belongs to you as well as me, as well as everyone else. It's ours. We've got to claim it back or we're going to lose it. Absolutely. I love that so, attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Put the, put the word out there, spread, you know, spread this information and maybe we can change history. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll have all the appropriate links in the episode notes and steer as many people your way as possible. Yeah, that's great. And thank you guys for letting me have a voice on your platform. Oh, the pleasure was ours. On behalf of the team, thank you very much. Absolutely. And we look forward to doing it again for sure. It's wonderful. Yeah, just let us know a time or a date, you know, and we'll we'll get together again. Cool. Fantastic. Well, or if, you know, if, you, if you want to pop into the stream anytime, you'll catch me there. I'm in and out most days. Yeah. You know, I, try, I try and stay available to answer questions for people. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that you have live streams going almost constantly. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all the videos and stuff, but, you know, mm. it's this is still new information for yeah, people. <laughs> exactly. But there's a lot to get through. Yes. It's very interactive, your YouTube channel. I love it. Yeah. Okay, brother. Well, thank you so, so much. And have a wonderful rest of your evening, although I guess it would be morning there now. Um, yeah, I'm going to bed in a minute. Yes. <laughs> I'm and up early again. <laughs> I will let you know when this goes live and we'll definitely we'll definitely get together and talk again. And you guys wouldn't mind if I download it to host on my channel. Absolutely. No, not. please. Go for so, it. You know, what what I could do as well with that is overlays extra graphics depending on the subjects we're talking about. Sure. That's what I that's what I normally do, you know. If there's bits I could add to make it a bit more information of it, yeah. you know. Absolutely. I'll add, I'll add bits to it. I'll see if we get the time. You know, time's precious at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'll let you guys go anyway, and thank you for this Yes. lovely interview. Yeah, thank likewise. You. And what well, pleasure meeting. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an understatement. It is, isn't it? Anything we say is always going to be an understatement. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, right. take okay, care. Guys, have a good night. And we'll yes. Catch we'll, up in the future. Yeah, we'll All talk right. soon. Bye, both. Bye-bye. Farewell. Lord have fucking mercy. <laughs> Did you say Lord have funky mercy? Have funky mercy on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Al Green bootleg. Um, Al was... Greenberg. <laughs> Private eye. So, your first introduction to all of this, what, what did you think? Well, my second, I listened to the Emily Moyer okay. app. Yes. Um, it was absolutely wonderful. And um, I tried to approach these subjects with a uh, very sponge-like mind and not judge and just listen. And it was absolutely fantastic to do that he has just an incredible cachet of data and info it's pretty <laughs> fucking mind-blowing yeah it is and it's interesting that there's such fantastic visuals to accompany it it's almost as yeah. fantastic as the information itself yeah. which you see now why i want to go and watch it on our on our larger screen because it's very, very visual. And I think it will help yeah. me to absorb some of it a little bit more. Yeah. And it's, it's cool how much of that stuff I have seen in my, um, different hallucinatory experiences over the years, long before I knew about FPV angel or any of this work, I, I was, taking psychedelics and I was having experiences where I saw a lot of the things that he has visualized. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Um, so I look forward to sitting down maybe if you're up for it sometime and we can watch pour through some of that information. Cause it's, I think it's, I'm a visual person. I know that you are too. We can absorb some of that stuff visually along with the information that's presented. They're like little mini documentaries, really. They're really well put together. I don't know how anybody finds as much time to not only research all of this stuff, but to present it in such a really artistic and aesthetically pleasing way. It's really amazing. Um, and 
I, I wasn't exaggerating. If you go onto the FBV Angel channel, uh, there's a live stream going almost all the time, almost every day. It's really mind blowing. So it's uh, again a, another aspect of this research that is very interactive. It's not something set in stone. It's not something that will ever get calcified because it's constantly uh, having life breathed into it, and it's being challenged by questions and poking holes and or trying to poke holes and new information and just constantly amassing this um, uh, picture, this snapshot of this realm uh, and maybe what actually... Um, makes it all run, makes it all work. I'm curious about uh, people from other countries and other parts of the world that are tapping in, too. Because, <laughs> I don't know, it just, it's very, it's very intimidating to have this riding vine base like this. That's how mics work. Um, I know, but I don't want them to work that way. I want them you to work to, sideways yeah, over here. But you can still side of your me. face. You can still hear me when I'm over here. Like that, imagine it you like can, a flashlight, and you want to speak into the beam. It's not a spotlight. Uh, I'm afraid of the beam. <laughs> well, then perhaps you should be podcasting. Probably, probably not. I'm questioning that. <laughs> anyway, um, well, as I was saying yes. before, you dipped in there. Um, what I was saying is that I'm curious about people from other parts of the world. And what their perspectives on this work is because of language. And I think language is a very interesting uh, sensor and controller. And I'm sure there are people who don't have access to the internet, that don't have access to media, who probably uh, know about this type of uh, phenomena and experience based on oral tradition. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And oral cultures, most likely, that's where those people would be. But were you going to say that directly into the mic, or were you going to say that over here? I still, my <laughs> mouth is still tethered to the, the beam of the of the metaphorical flashlight. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> Perhaps we should get on to our meal and stuff like that uh, and let the information and the interview speak for itself. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that we, our minds were appropriately blown by this information. I've been absorbing it for the last couple of weeks, listening to hours and hours of it. And it's amazing and, and really hard to wrap your mind around. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try because I think that they're really on to something. And it's not just a bunch of conjecture. They have a lot of things to back up their information, a lot of eyewitness information, and a lot of um, delving into old mythologies and stories and stuff like that uh, from all around the world, or I should say all around the realm. Uh, that point sort of point to the same direction. And it fits this narrative like seamlessly. So I really think they're on to something. I would say that it's not necessary for your mind uh, to be wrapped around it. I think this is more of an intuitive knowledge 
I think what I find fascinating about it is how it just naturally resonates where it makes sense. So um, I'm more than happy to let someone else do the math and the legwork (laughs) and just to absorb the information from a psychic perspective or from a a soul perspective because I think that is it for me that's more necessary than understanding the um, machinations I don't think I need that I think I just need to know from a from an intuitive uh, stance and it just feels like like some things resonate as truth and some resonate as bullshit. And so like politics resonate as bullshit for me. That doesn't resonate even slightly as truth. This, it feels like it's a language that I already know and understand. Sure. It's just uh, all gathered in one place and and really so dense. I think the denseness of it is is what I get overwhelmed. That's what I have a hard time wrapping my mind around is the density. Yeah. Seven years of doing research on anything Mm -hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah. And doing research on this type of uh, subject is just absolutely incredible. And I applaud every member of this organization and their just ability to do it. It's inc- it just phenomenal. It's also testimony to uh, the fact that research should not be left to the experts like, or institutions or people that are licensed to do this. This is research that anybody can do with information that, is not only sprinkled throughout science books and our current history or version of history that we read, but through all kinds of, <clears throat> again, oral traditions and things that have been passed down for thousands of years from all over the place. So it's just a matter of uh, maybe approaching it with a certain type of lens um, and and being able to decode it in a particular way and seeing how it fits into the the big picture. I think the thing that just really kind of drives it home is how many uh, how many cultures have been destroyed, how many libraries have been destroyed, how how much evidence has been destroyed. I I think that if you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that, you know, if somewhere along the lines, someone wants to be the person who is writing history, they're going to make sure that they destroy every other version of history or attempt to disavow it or debunk it or, um, in any way they can malign anyone who believes something other than their version of mm-hmm. reality. Yeah. And if you've been around uh, for any length of time, which I know you have, you can see how easy it is to whitewash reality and uh, history and 
the lineages of of people that have been around for a long, long time and oral traditions, the people who come and eradicate those folks, uh, replace it with their own, and then they replace that time and time again. So it's like an archaeological dig of different layers of, of knowledge and um, firsthand experience that just kind of get buried under whatever... Um, whatever sideshow comes in to set up their shop and decide that they're going to change the story about everything or, or steer things to, to benefit them. Weird sync about Walter Russell's birthday and death day being yesterday. That was kind of cool finding out that it was May 19th. Uh, I was also thinking about one of my fellow McNair scholars who is a Mexican woman who is doing research on a uh, native Guatemalan language. And, you know, in her research, she was discussing in the, in the presentation that she did, she was discussing how uh, Spanish has been used as the primary language in Guatemala and what the intention is, is to, eradicate all of these other languages that are native to Guatemala. And I was thinking, wow, that's really, you know, the, the intention behind that is to take away people's cultures, to take away people's traditions, to eradicate, you know, these tribes that are all through Guatemala and why would you want to do that? Well, now it makes sense. Yep. They're, exactly. They're, they're, uh, the sales pitch is that they're trying to modernize uh, and unify the country. That's how they're pitching it to the people. Uh, but And they're pitching it to the youth. And, of course, you have people who have cell phones and are trying to be more westernized or or more americanized and so they want to fit into what is considered maybe a more modern society and so they're compliance they're going along with it uh and they vilify you if you try to speak the native language so it's again it's an interesting aspect um but this language strangely enough, is being taught at KU. And so there's a segment of the population. What there, What is kind of an unintended consequence is that there's a segment of the population of youth that is trying to embrace these native languages, teach these native languages, and uh, perpetuate their use so that people who are from Guatemala or not from Guatemala will learn the language and understand um, these oral histories and these oral traditions. Cool. Shall we wrap it up? Let's do it. Okay. Thank you all for listening or watching, depending on which sense organ you use to absorb this information. Um, I thought it was fantastic and I can't wait to get into more conversations with FPV and maybe more, more members of the APM team. Um, 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Definitely. Before the end of the year, for sure. Maybe in the next, well, we're booked until mid-September. So maybe October-ish, something like that. Thank you all so much. Uh, Thank you, patrons, for helping to make this show possible um, and getting me one step closer to doing this full time, which is my intention. Um, Yeah, much, much appreciated. Much love to you all. Uh, If you have guest suggestions, you know, the usual song and dance recipes, stuff like that. Uh, you can send them to the Melt podcast at protonmail.com. Or hunter-muse at protonmail.com. Now I'm self-conscious about this God-blessed mic. Why? Self-conscious? What do you mean? Because now I'm like, I'm trying to do what you suggested. Oh, my God. Don't ever do what I suggest. <laughs> <laughs> Just hover around that area. That's all I suggest. Do be upside down. Do whatever you want. Anyway, we'll have this conversation off the air. Much love, everybody. Take care. Fantastic stuff coming your way. And until next time. See ya. Stay true to yourself. Do it. To hear the full-length version of this episode, get access to exclusive and early episodes, and participate in our monthly Zoom meetups for as little as $3 per month, just click the Patreon link in the episode notes or visit patreon.com slash themeltpodcast. Contributing financially will help to make this podcast my full-time gig that I can devote more time to and allow me to create more content. Other ways of contributing would be giving us a favorable review or rating wherever you get your podcasts, subscribing to us on YouTube, spreading the word wherever you and your tribe congregate, or just by sending us your positive thoughts and intentions. In a quantumly intertwined and holographic multiverse, these also go a long way. Thank you.